Man, what's really good? This is your boy DJ94, aka D Johnson, aka DJ. Y'all already know what time it is. It is time for Talk That Ish with your boy. And man, we just had a blockbuster trade going down yesterday for the NBA, National Basketball Association. I swear it's a soap opera. If you didn't know, if you probably haven't stared, if you've been under a rock or a cave, DeMar DeRozan is no longer a Toronto Raptor. He has been traded along with a couple other players and draft picks to the San Antonio Spurs in exchange for Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, who will be Toronto Raptors next season. Wow, that is huge news. That is unprecedented. That's unexpected. And you got to feel for my man DeMar DeRozan. And you definitely got to feel for Kawhi Leonard, who both parties have expressed how unhappy they are about the move and what it would mean to both of them going forward. So we're going to take a look real quick at the report from uh, Adrian Windhorse, who's my number one source when it comes to getting trade news and anything NBA because he's credible. He's always the first to break it. And he's been pretty consistent as far as reporters go. I will never get my basketball sources from anybody else because typically it's kind of iffy. So if it don't come from Adrian Windhorse, I typically don't believe it. No disrespect to the Stephen A. Smiths, the Skip Baylesses, uh, Chris Broussards, and other analysts of the world. But if it don't come from Adrian Windhorse, it ain't, it, it, it's not it's not it's not real. So we're gonna listen to this soundbite real quick coming from Adrian Windhorse and Sports Center yesterday breaking the news of Kawhi Leonard and DeMar DeRozan switching places and their thoughts. And then I'm gonna come back and talk about it for you. So we're gonna be right back in a second. Sit tight, listen to the soundbite, we'll be right back. Send Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green to the Raptors for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Hurdle, and a 2019 first-round pick. League sources tell me the Raptors and Spurs are getting on a trade call with the league office momentarily to finalize the deal. Woj, that sounds like an awful lot in what might be a one-year rental. What do you make about Masai Ujiri and what he's doing here in Toronto? Well, there's no question this deal comes with great risk for Toronto. In the end, they didn't think they were good enough with the team they had to beat Boston, maybe even beat Philly. And they're rolling the dice on a player who is, when healthy, a top three or four player uh, in the league. They've got a year now to try to convince him to stay in Toronto the way Oklahoma City did with Paul George. If they lose Leonard in free agency, if he goes to the Lakers as he plans to right now, then they'll they'll very likely start their rebuild in Toronto around young players like OG Ananobi uh, and go that direction. But right now, this is tr- a tremendous risk by Ujiri, and uh, with a healthy Kawhi Leonard, you know that's a team that can compete with anybody in the East. All right, and that was Adrian Windhorst and the crew from Sports Center going over the trade. I do not own any copyrights of ESPN product, ESPN episodes, or ESPN sound bites that is taken from YouTube's uh, ESPN page. Not myself. I do not own anything. Just want to put that disclosure out there before I begin my quick, well, not really a quick take because we want to take our time diving in because there's so many aspects I want to hit with this trade. So I was on a group me yesterday uh, with uh, some of my buddies. We talk about sports all the time. And one thing that came out of my mouth was 
this is a very dramatic trade for the Toronto Raptors. Now, I spent, I was very, you know, slow to reply to this because I wanted to see what the analysts had to say. I wanted to see um, what the Nick Wrights, what the Skip Baylesses, the uh, Shannon Sharps. Um, I know that uh, Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman are on vacation for first take, but I got, you know, pretty much a gist of what their B squad had to say about it. And everybody's been kind of crapping the Toronto Raptors for this trade. Everybody's crapped uh, Kawhi Leonard on the way out the door for the San Antonio Spurs. I, I've, I've pretty much heard it all. Um, you know, people have said, oh, this is a great trade for next year, at least for the Toronto Raptors and the position it puts them in. And I just, I, uh, I don't know. I just don't think it's a great trade for both parties at all. I'm one of those guys. I think it's an even dramatic trade for the Toronto Raptors, and I'm going to explain why. So this all starts and stops with GM Yusar Ujiri, and I'm going to tell you why. Over this, but before this offseason, this this uh, free agency even started, you fire the coach of the year in Dwayne Casey after having one of arguably one of the best seasons in Toronto history. That's unheard of. That's never happened. I I mean, there have been a lot of things in the last five years that really have really opened my eyes. I've been historic moments in the ba- basketball National Basketball Association. But having a coach getting coach of the year and getting fired is one of those. And I just never have understood. So you decide to start fresh and so in comes a G League coach who sat assistant to under uh, Dwayne Casey, but has never really coached in the NBA. And that's going to be your coach for next year if you're Toronto. So that was already a head scratching move. And you let Dwayne Casey walk out the door and ultimately he gets picked up by the Detroit Pistons very quickly, as he should, because he belongs in the league as a coach, in my opinion. And you react to the fact that oh, LeBron has left the conference, but we still have the Celtics and we still have the 76ers, and we don't believe on paper as face value going into next year that we can compete with them. And so you break you, you not only made this trade, but you break up one of two of the only all-stars you have on that team, one of the all-stars that was the most loyalist, one of the all-stars that has been riding with the association since he got there. Do you guys understand that DeMar DeRozan, since he's entered the league, he's only known Toronto. The guy's from Compton, California. California. Sunrises, nice beach, nice women, entertainment. But he chooses to stay in Toronto for another extended contract when history tells you that Toronto is deplorable when it comes to keeping superstars. Vince Carter, Chris Bosh. Like, these are legendary names or names that went on to win championships, <clears throat> and they couldn't keep these guys. So then you get a guy, DeMar DeRozan, that finally breaks the Toronto curse up there and says, okay, I want to stay. I want to ride. You guys really believed in me. I'm going to stay here. And then you turn around and stab him in the back after you said in Las Vegas that you weren't going to trade him. He wasn't being considered for being on the trading block. Don't believe the news. Blaje, Blaje. And... You end up trading him to the Spurs for a young piece and a draft pick that you're getting next year. 
I don't understand that. Let's start with DeMar DeRozan and how I think he should feel and how how I think he fits with the San Antonio Spurs and why this is a mistake. So if I'm the Raptors, what doesn't make sense here and I think that needs to be explained is the fact that you guys ultimately traded one of your All-Stars, at, at least for the regular season. I mean, let's, let's toss out what we know about DeMar DeRozan in the playoffs. Because, I, I mean... It's fair to call him DeMar DeFrozen. It's fair to call him a choke artist because, I mean, outside of LeBron, LeBron James has obviously been his kryptonite, obviously been in his head the last couple of years. He's been a pretty reasonably good player in the playoffs. Um, he's had some games where he has struggled. He's had some games where he's put up like some like six for 21 or four for 11 or some things like that. But obviously, this is a player that's still trying to control the demons in his head of just showing up and just doing it. And coming from a place of a former athlete, of being an athlete, that's very hard to do. Sometimes you, you, know, you get so uh, intimidated by playing in playoff basketball or so, so intimidated on playing on a grander stage that it can cause some anxiety. It can cause you to question your ability. It can cause you to ultimately not be that guy. And to me, I feel like with the right guidance, I think that Greg Popovich can somewhat make DeMar DeRozan a better player. Because to me, if, I think if he can do it to Aldridge, if he if he had to make Aldridge have the year he just recently had, I don't see a reason why DeMar uh, DeRozan can't have, be good with the San Antonio Spurs. Now, I heard Skip Bayless on, on FS1 Undisputed yesterday trashing DeMar. He was like, that was a terrible trade, this, that, and the third. I think that DeMar DeRozan is going to come into San Antonio. I think he's going to have one of his best years, if not the best year of his career next year. Why? Because he has a chip on his shoulder. And when you have a chip on your shoulder, it, it re-energizes his, his career. He's not playing for a contract, but he is playing for the respect that I think he deserves. Because ultimately, you traded him when LeBron left to put him back in the conference that LeBron is now in. So now I think he's going to play with the with the chip on his shoulder. I think he's going to be angry. I think he's going to be emotional. And I think that's that's the fire that you sometimes need in your athletes. Because it, I don't think he was a bad player. I just think he just never had the fire or the the fire against top competition. And now that I think he just got traded, I obviously he got screwed over in this whole deal. Um, I think he's going to come with a new with a new basketball motivation he just never had before. Because to me, that's what always has been you know missing from his game when it came to his matchups with LeBron James and the fire that just wasn't there. He was just like literally you see LeBron, LeBron would go off and he would just melt into a little snowman, and then you know. He he would just be a little pup watching, you know, a real dog on the court and LeBron James, um, go to work with the uh, with the Toronto Raptors. So I get where fans are coming from. Oh, they were swept, but they were swept by one man and they could never get past. I mean, they've clearly have beaten uh, the Celtics. They can they can I, to me. I think they can beat the Seventy uh, Sixers. But I think you're too dramatic if you're you saw it because you never gave this team a chance to really see what they could do post the LeBron era. You pulled the trigger to try to be the best team in the East for one year. And I get it. Like that's what they are ultimately on paper. They're the best team for one year. Meanwhile, teams like Boston and 76ers, 
didn't want to pull this trigger for uh, for their you know for their young pieces and pieces for the longevity, which is why I say this is a dramatic trade for the for the Toronto Raptors because it doesn't make sense long term for them because if all else fails with Kawhi Leonard coming or if he is at any in any way compromised with that injury still and not and still not able to be the same player he once was with the San Antonio Spurs or he gets exposed. And it proves that Greg Popovich's system really flourished Kawhi Leonard, and maybe he just turns into an IT situation, and he doesn't his numbers dip, or he's not the same player outside of the uh, the San Antonio Spurs. Then I think that that maybe the Toronto Raptors got robbed here because I mean, ultimately the Spurs are going to walk away with a guy who's going to be in their franchise for at least three years. He's still under contract uh, for three years, eighty three mil, but. For the Toronto Raptors, they took $83 million off their books with just Kawhi's aspiring contract for next year. So they can go into a rebuild. But you ask yourself, you spent five years ultimately building this franchise up under Dwayne Casey just to push all the chips in for next year. And ultimately, what it boils down to for Toronto, it's really finals appearance or bust because if they don't if they get beat by the Boston Celtics or the 76ers next year, this move makes no sense. If they get beat next year and Kawhi Leonard leaves, then I think you saw Ujiri's count his days of how long he's going to be the GM in the with the Toronto Raptors because this move makes absolutely no sense. Because after that, then you're saying goodbye to Kyle Lowry, then you're saying uh, goodbye to Valanciunas, who are all not the greatest players, but they're great pieces that can compete with the best of them on the East in the Eastern Conference. I just think it's not good for DeMar DeRozan because, I mean, this is a guy that spent time developing chemistry with the young guys. He had Van Fleet, um, all the young guys that came in and made a difference. Um, Kyle Lowry and their relationship, you wonder how that's going to be. I think that's not being talked about enough, how Kyle Lowry and um, DeMar DeRozan were basically big brother and little brother. They just really had the chemistry and that's what's going to make the difference here you're you're really gelling on a guy who's just said i don't want to be with the raptors i'm still considering going to la whether it be the clippers or whether it be the uh, lakers and so now you're trying to you're trying to combine that chemistry with kyle lowry and i just don't see it working because i see you know there's always going to be that cloud looming of is this guy going to be somebody that's going to be here for the long haul or is this guy going to jump ships after the 2019 uh, 2018-2019 season with Kawhi you don't know because his uncle has taken over his brand and his uncle is pretty much his mouthpiece because Kawhi is not going to talk to anybody <laughs> what I do think is a lot of people have speculated and said that Kawhi Leonard is going to sit out next year Kawhi Leonard is going to fake an injury Kawhi Leonard is going to do this. Kawhi Leonard is going to do everything he can not to wear a Raptors jersey and be a part of the team. I'm calling BS on that because I think that Kawhi has no choice because legitimately, if he doesn't do it, his trade stock goes to the to the toilet. He's no longer going to be a guy that teams are going to, especially the L.A. Clippers with the brand and with uh, Magic. They're going to look at that closely and be like, well, if it doesn't work out here with the Lakers, will he do the same? Because he did the same to this organization just to get here. But will he be happy here enough to, you know, want to sign an extension with us? Want to be a team player? And, I mean, I'm not questioning Kawhi Lennox. I I mean, let let me just break it down for you when it comes to Kawhi. 
Is Kawhi wrong for doing what he did this past year for the Spurs, though they were paying him a lot of money and they were going to offer him well over $200? No, because this move that they that the Toronto Raptors just made on DeMar DeRozan proves Kawhi's point. And let me tell you why. It proves there's no loyalty in this NBA. It proves and if IT, Isaiah Thomas's situation didn't prove it, you can go back in the history of the M- NBA and prove how much these owners un- underpay their guys. They will ship them out at the drop of a hat if they're losing. They don't trust in the players that they have. So there's no loyalty there. So that's why, to a fault, I've kind of understood over the years why Kevin Durant did what Kevin Durant did. Why LeBron James has done why LeBron James has done. Controlling their own fates and ultimately putting the league in their hands and making... Uh, teams comply to their demands because these teams ain't loyal out here. If they can ship IT after he dropped damn near 51 in the playoffs and his sister died and he played through an injury and you see he's on a veterans minimum right now with the Denver Nuggets after one point being eligible for $100 million and averaging 29 points to 30 points in the season. So that proves Kawhi's case for not coming back because as an athlete though you don't see something on an x-ray doesn't mean that there's there's not anything nagging you my dad always told me that you know your body best better than any medical any doctor can and for those that are crapping Kawhi Leonard I mean let's not forget bring the same energy when he was he was winning y'all championship he was the finals MVP bring that same energy when he almost damn near beat the Warriors in game one until uh he was injured in the second half and couldn't come back on the court. And that ended y'all's season. So, obviously, he was a big part of what y'all did in y'all's win streak when y'all won 60-plus games. Bring that same energy post-Kawhi Leonard when he's still dropping buckets for the Toronto Raptors and eventually comes to the Lakers. And now you guys aren't going to be a serious title contender for the next two years. And Greg Popovich has already made it clear he's going to retire soon. So now you guys are back to square one and rebuilding because, I mean, I'm not no disrespect to DeMar DeRozan, but the addition of him doesn't make them a title contender. It may make them a top tier Western Conference team, in my opinion, but it's not going to make them a serious title contender at the end of the day, especially what you got with the Lakers and their young core. Houston and that solid team, though, they just lost to Reza and Abad Dumai, which are two uh, big pieces that I think defensively, are going to hurt the Houston Rockets, but I don't think it's going to recline them that bad because I think if they can still retain Clint Capella, I think they're still a good team that can possibly still compete with the Golden State Warriors. Now, for Kawhi Leonard, let's look at it from his point of view. As I just stated with the injury, I think he's looking at the IT situation. He's looking at the recent thing that just happened to uh, DeMar DeRozan, he's saying there's no loyalty. I got to go into business for myself. And ultimately, that's what he did. He went to go, he said, I want to be traded. And he, he got scrutinized for it. His teammates were very disrespectful to him during the season. And ultimately, he said, enough is enough. I want to go somewhere other than the Spurs, preferably L.A., Clippers or the Lakers. Those were his demands. The Spurs said, OK. We don't preferably we don't want to trade in the West. We don't want to help the Lakers, but we will comply with their demands. So we're going to raise the the price for Kawhi so high that no Western team or even the elite Eastern teams will be interested. So the fact that Musiri uh, decided to pull the trigger on this was pretty amusing to me. But he gets Kawhi Leonard and he gets Danny Green. 
I think those are great pieces, but you look at Kawhi Leonard, and if he leaves this year, this whole this whole operation is a bust. If they don't win the Eastern Conference Championship and go to a finals, I think this is a bust. I think ultimately your jury's head needs to roll for this because they're gonna they would have set uh Toronto back three years in a rebuild after this because they're gonna obviously you're gonna lose Valanciunas. He doesn't want to be in a losing situation. And I don't think a guy like Kyle Lowry wants to continue to be there rebuilding after they he spent five years rebuilding with DeMar DeRozan. Ultimately I think that you uh that that you you have to really look at that and you have to state was it really worth it? Because at the end of the day, these are very dramatic moves. You don't know what next year would have lied. I think you traded the wrong all-star personally. I think if you're going to trade anybody, you trade Kyle Lowry because he's more of an expendable player than DeRozan. I think DeRozan would have eventually caught on to the star he was supposed to be. I don't think he's a superstar, but I do think he is a star. Now, obviously, with, with Kawhi Leonard, you're getting a superstar, but we don't know what shape he's going to be in. We He won't talk to anybody. He won't let us see his progress and his training. So you don't know what you're getting with him. You don't know. And obviously, it's going to take him the first half of the season to get right because he hasn't played basketball at the NBA level in about a year. He's been rehabbing. He's been trying to get back. So then there's that. And then also, you, you don't know whether this guy's going to stay next year. So how will he mesh with the new system? You have a new coach. You don't know the new system yet. How is this coach going to respond to having a player like Kawhi Leonard? How is Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry and Valanciunas going to mesh? Will, will those guys mesh, though they understand that Kawhi may be a one-year rental? You gave away a one-year rental guy, possibly to a guy who was committed to your team and your franchise for the next three years. How will that pan out in the locker room? Because I feel like if Kawhi Leonard doesn't come with the correct attitude, which I think he will, because he has to play basketball, and I think at the minimum he has to carry this team to at least the Eastern Conference Finals for his 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 trade stock to still be intact, so he can still be able to control the narrative with him and his uncle come time for free agency in 2019, which will be a very loaded class because you will have Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Jimmy Butler. Um, you'll have um, God. You have a couple, like a handful. I think, yeah, Clay Thompson, KD. You have a lot of talent to go after in 2019. Boogie Cousins will be a free agent. So you have all these pieces that you can go after. So if you're the Lakers, you're taking a big W here because obviously you know that uh, Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to be in Toronto. No disrespect to Toronto. No disrespect to the Six. It's cold. There's customs. Uh, the tax the tax from the U.S. is different. The channels there are different than the United States. Canada has always been an outskirt city for basketball from the states to me because it's hard to get people to stay there. Like it's ridiculous. It's like they can't keep a superstar. So that should tell you something. But ultimately, I just don't know where I stand with this trade. I think ultimately it's a big mistake for uh, the 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 Raptors to basically trade their next three years away to at least contend and add pieces um, with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry and Valanciunas, which is your core, uh, for a guy that you don't know who's going to be there. And I think the underrated piece is not being talked enough about enough is, is Danny Green because that gives him a, a upgrade at the wing position and a guy that can be a, a, a consistent 3 and D guy. I think that, uh, you know, even on his off nights, Danny Green is going to give you at least 10 points with some good solid defense to, on the wing. And I think, obviously, when you get a scoring wing that's a, that's a, uh, 
you know, a, one of the best defenders and uh, offensive pieces in the league, I think that's something you jump on on paper. But you just don't know the status of Kawhi Leonard. If Kawhi Leonard wasn't injured, I think this is a steal for the Raptors. But the thing is, we don't know his attitude and we don't know his health. And that's two things that I think you just don't risk. And I want to bring up a, a point that Nick Wright made when he said that, oh, this is good for the Raptors because, um, you know, if, if all else fails because they knew they were only going to get one year rental, at least for next year, they can rebuild. Why would you want to rebuild something that you spent five years rebuilding under Dwayne Casey? That makes no sense because if that were the case, you should have kept Dwayne Casey and you should have, you know, tried to, you know, see how things fit post LeBron. So I think this is a very dramatic move for the Raptors. I don't know personally, you know, what this new coach is going to bring to, uh, to the organization. And we just never know from there, but that's overall my thoughts on the Kawhi Leonard versus DeMar DeRozan trade. I think both are going to ball out next year, but I think Kawhi has to have the more successful year just because his, he's up for a contract in 2019 2020 with either the clippers or the lakers and i think he wants his money and i also think he wants his happiness and i think he shouldn't be down for that and for demar Derozan, i mean i think he's going to play with a chip on his shoulder uh, he said that he doesn't he didn't prefer the san antonio spurs didn't prefer to leave the toronto raptors but hey we're in this position now and this is what it is so he's going to go to san antonio he's got a ball out he's got to he's got to improve his game and you know I mean, I guess whenever his free agency comes up, if he wants to leave, he can leave. But at least for the next three years, the San Antonio Spurs have him locked in. I think this is pretty amusing for both parties, ultimately. And I think this is one of those things where you got to kind of sit, wait, and see. And ultimately, hope hope the best for both. But I'm going to, when we come back off the break, I'm going to discuss where this kind of puts both teams in perspective to the Western Conference. Does it improve them or does it keep them stagnant or does it make them worse? We'll find out right after the break. Welcome back to Talk That Ish. It's your boy, DJ94. We're back. So like I said, coming off the break, we're going to discuss now that these two teams have finally traded for these two incredible players where do these two teams stack up in the East and the West? My opinion? Well, let's start with the Toronto Raptors. I think coming into this season, even before the trade, this was going to be a three-horse race between Boston, Toronto, and the 76ers. Uh, I think now with this move, and this is dependent on health, if Kawhi is not the same Kawhi as he was in the San Antonio Spurs system, I think that the that the Toronto Raptors are still the same on paper as they were last year, just with Kawhi Leonard being able to contribute. And you know he'll at least be able to give you something. But if Kawhi Leonard comes back and becomes that top two, top three, top four player that I know we, we all know him to be, then I think that this puts Toronto over the top and Arguably and debatably, it could put them in contention as the odds favorites coming into the next year because we know Kawhi Leonard can close. We know Kawhi Leonard is going to show up. And we know Kawhi Leonard is a a much better player in all aspects of the game in comparison to DeMar DeRozan. So you, you essentially have the potential to have the best player in the East, at least, outside of Giannis Anacupo. And I think that's pretty huge, but this is all predicated on his health. So I think that the Toronto ceiling, if he is somewhat himself, is 
possibly a 51-52 game win streak, winning season. If he is everything he's supposed to be and more, I have them being a 59-60 win team in the East. Uh, just being a little bit better than the Boston Celtics, but not by much. I think the Boston Celtics, based off the chemistry and the fact that you know you know you're getting back Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, are to me going into next year the undisputed number one uh, seed and the favorites in the East. I think the Raptors could challenge. The, the Celtics now a lot better than the 76ers because now the 76ers' progress is dependent on if Ben Simmons has worked on his shot and if Markel Fultz has made any improvement in the offseason to be able to be comfortably fit to come off the bench or be in the starting lineup. Because if he can shoot, then that takes a lot of pressure off Ben and that makes that 76er team a lot better than what they were last year. And you're not depending on Ben to come in and... Uh, drive to the basket because it comes his game becomes a lot more predictable when they're able to stop. And then Embiid, Embiid is a freak of nature if he is healthy because he has a list of injuries that has kept him sidelined for some of the season. So that's how I see the Toronto Raptors uh, stacking out. I see them potentially being the first seed if they, if Kawhi is healthy in himself. Or having a ceiling as potentially being the third seed if Kawhi is somewhat himself and, and puts up decent numbers. I think overall they're ceiling in the playoffs. To me, like I said before earlier in the show, if it's either finals or bust for them because that's what uh, uh, their GM is going for with this trade this year. And it would make sense and behoove them to try to go for it. Even though I don't think this team matches up anything or any. <laughs> or uh, near the expectations of uh, Golden State at all five positions. Now they have DeMarcus Cousins. So we will see there, but their ceiling to me is the finals. Um, Well, what it should be. This is a should. They should make the finals, but I think their ceiling will be the Eastern Conference finals. I don't see them losing in the semifinals. I I don't see the 76ers beating Kawhi Leonard, a Kawhi Leonard-led Raptors team in the playoffs in the East, barring injury. And I see Boston um, potentially taking these guys to seven um, if Kawhi is himself. So I see that being a rather fun series to watch for sure. Now, we're going to head over to the West and talk a little bit about the Spurs. And does, does DeMar DeRozan make this team a title contender. I'm going to say no. The West is a, is a is a beast, man. It's it's gotten a lot more deeper because LeBron James went over. It seems like all the old All-Stars, all the um you know, current in their prime All-Stars are in the West. All the uh rookies, all the great rookies that are coming up, the um Donovan Mitchells, uh <laughs> you know, all these guys Devonovich for Dallas, um, who's coming up. Uh, I think you got to be on the lookout for the Phoenix Suns in the, in the distant future. I don't like this this trade for DeMar DeRozan because his problem in the East was LeBron James, and now he's going to the conf- the same side of the conference that LeBron James is in. I see the the um, you know I see the Spurs being a team that can compete in the regular season. I see them possibly being a you know, a 48 to 52 win team. 
But in the West, that's that may not be enough. And I see them being the bottom tier of the West. I see them being a at, at their ceiling max potential. I see them being a fifth seed at their at the most. I see them being a seventh seed possibly if they take some losses here and there or if chemistry they have chemistry problems that can't be matched up to be seen is going to be their young core um they have a lot of guys that are getting more more starting time because you just lost tony parker to the charlotte hornets and i think that's going to be good for the young guys that they have there but it's all going to be predicated on how much those guys have come along how much demar derozan will be bought into what the spurs want to do and if Aldridge and and those other pieces in the starting lineup can can be up their game and raise their game in the tough West to win some of those tough games, I think that would be to that would be to to be seen for sure. But it's definitely possible that this this team can definitely make the playoffs. I just don't see them as a title contender. So that's my thoughts on the Kawhi Leonard trade. And the DeMar DeRozan trade and how I see these guys stacking up. As usual, this has been your boy DJ94 talking to you about NBA sports and the deadline. I'll have more probably this week about some with some more NBA news topics-wise. And we'll start taking a preview into the NFL for sure later down the line. But otherwise, that's going to do it for Talk That-ish. You already know what time it is. It's been cool chilling with y'all podcast family. As always, peace and good riddance.